Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the Journal of Blessed George Matulaitis from beginning to end. Today we take up from where we left off, beginning with March 29, 1921, pages 312 through 314. March 29, 1921. The 25th of this month was the Belarusian national holiday the third anniversary of the day when the nation's representatives in Minsk proclaimed the independence of Belarusia. They are celebrating today. I found out that Father Stankiewicz preached a sermon in Belarusian during their Mass of the church, at the Church of the Bonifratres. After Mass, they sang a Belarusian hymn, Oh my God, I believe in you. I had asked them not to give the sermon in Belarusian so as not to antagonize the Poles, now I suspect that we will have an unpleasant reaction on the part of the Poles. At 6.30 in the evening, two of the members of the Military Control Commission created by the League of Nations paid me a visit, Colonel Chardinier, uh, the Frenchman, and Naze, the Belgian. For an hour and a half, we discussed the situation here and the allocation of those lands that would bring about peace in the area. I shall record all my conversations with the representatives of the League of Nations under separate cover. Mr. Joninas came to see me yesterday. From my earlier conversations with the League of Nations delegates, I gathered that it is quite certain that they do not intend to give Lida and Gardinas to the Lithuanians. Consequently, the Lithuanians should determine their border in advance, an absolutely minimal one, on which they would make no further concessions. I expressed my opinion to Mr. Joninas in these terms. I do not understand why we should at all costs demand to have both Gardinas and Lida. These areas have become thoroughly Belarusian, and we will not be able to make them Lithuanian again. On the contrary, if they are joined with Vilnius, they will exert a Belarusian influence. Then, too, a time will come when Russians and Belarusians will make every effort to regain Gardinas and Lida, and in tearing these cities away from Lithuania, may detach other territory as well, especially those areas where both the Lithuanian and Belarusian languages are used. It is better to be satisfied with a smaller but more homogeneous Lithuania, one which would include fewer foreign elements. Thus, we ought to be content with the following border. Oze Ratnitsia, Druskininkai, which are within our diocese, then Pericha, Radunia, Epastunai. After that, leaving outside, aside the Grodna, Lida, Moledechno railway line, go on up to Ashmena and Lake Medzoil. There, the Lithuanian ethnic element is relatively strong, and that part which has become Belarusian can readily recover its Lithuanian identity. Thus, Lithuania would, it is hoped, become a more unified nation. The city of Vilnius would easily revert back to its Lithuanian origins. Then, our neighbors would no longer have any pretext to quarrel with us. It would be best if the Lithuanians declare the territory to the south, east, and north of this line as Belarusia, and let the Belarusians themselves decide whom they want to as allies. However, it should be noted that this is not Polish territory. 
Then I said, if up until now the Lithuanians have demanded wider borders, this perhaps may not have been a mistake. It gave them a basis for negotiation. And after all, we are doing this at the request of the Belarusians, who wanted as few of their people as possible to come under Polish rule. Now, however, we must demand only that which is wise, just, and well-considered, as well as what we can realistic hope to obtain. We can help the Belarusians get what they want in other ways. Mr. Joninas asked me to send him some knowledgeable priests to help determine this minimal borderline. I entrusted Canon Kukta with the task. This afternoon we met at Mr. Berzyskas's and with Mr. Joninas, Canon Kukta, Father, Fathers Krajalis, Zaninkauskas, and Krischukaitis discussed the matter. At nine o'clock in the evening, Father Kukta and I went to the Bishikarsesis. We had been invited. We found Mr. Vrubletsky there already. He was getting ready to go to Kaunas at the invitation of the Lithuanians and then perhaps to Brussels to negotiate with the Poles. His sympathies are with the Lithuanians. I gave Mr. Brzyska the more significant information gathered from my talks with the League of Nations representatives. Blessed George writes in this entry that March 25th had marked the third anniversary of when the Belarusian National Council had convened in Minsk and declared Belarusia an independent republic. Before they could organize a working government, however, they were attacked by the Red Army. Then, on January 1, 1919, the Belarusian Soviet Socialist Republic was created. The democratic government sought and received asylum in Kaunas. The Belarusians celebrated their national holiday on the 25th, but they were not free because of the government in exile, and so they were, there were great tensions about political declarations. A priest preached a homily in Belarusian, and a Belarusian hymn was sung uh, in church after Mass. Blessed George had asked that Belarusian not be used for preaching because of the possible volatile reaction of the Poles in the parish. The priest preached without having asked permission. Blessed George met with two members of the Military Control Commission created by the League of Nations. He had planned on writing about their discussions elsewhere, but if he did, it was never found. He probably had little time for all that he had to do. Blessed George met with a Lithuanian history professor, a representative of the government of independent Lithuania in Vilnius while the city belonged to Poland. They discussed the dividing up of the surrounding territories and the proposed borders. Even though Blessed George didn't like it, diplomacy was an inevitable part of the job of a bishop. Need a miracle? Here's a prayer for a special grace through the intercession of Blessed George, which has received ecclesiastical approval. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, our Lord and Father, you surround us always by your care. Receive our humble petition, and through the intercession of Blessed George, who suffered so much for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom here on earth, 
grant me the grace, and here mention your intention, for which I ask you with confidence, promising to live from now on with greater fidelity to your commandments. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. To receive a Blessed George prayer card, or to report graces received through the intercession of Blessed George, please visit us at thedivinemercy.org slash journal. That's thedivinemercy.org slash journal. Blessed George, pray for us. Jesus, I trust in you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.